0: How's everybody? There is two more panelists coming, but one of them is having trouble signing in. So I'm trying to figure it out, but she'll be here soon. Anyways, thank you, Teresa. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being par- taking part on the Yoga Studies Institute. As many of you may know, probably some people are taking also the Yoga Studies Institute course, we are doing the Yoga Sutra chapter four these days with Kesha Michael, and it's very, very, very cool. And Teresa just taught a class on on Lady Niguma series two. So in a way, maybe while we wait for the other panelists, we will. I would like to ask you, Teresa, if you could just tell us a little bit about this new release of the of the yoga suit of the lady niguma yoga series too what what do you think about it or i don't know in general what why does it makes it different from level one
1: yes thank you so much Juan, for inviting me are we having translation here too
0: uh yes
2: okay, and I now what
0: one, one of the other panelists just arrived, but you can tell us, Teresa, and, and I'll help the other panelists to turn their camera. Don't worry.
1: Okay. So, actually, in Lady Niguma 2, we are going deeper and deeper into the wisdom that we started in Lady Niguma 1. So, here we will be working with the negative emotions. That Geshe-la today talked a little bit about it. And we are working with the values, with the winds that he talked about today in the Yoga Sutra course. So the wonderful thing is that each negative emotion is associated to a wind mm-hmm. and as well is associated to a wisdom. So it's not just a depressing process of getting to know all the mental afflictions or negative emotions we have. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's that all these emotions can be transformed into wisdoms. And we do that with the help of five yogis that embody these wisdoms so it's really a wonderful course. And wow. Wow. I invite you all to come. It will be released very soon.
0: Wow. So, so you were saying, how many wins are there in this new level 2, Lady Niguma? How many wins are you working okay. with? Five wins. Okay. And you somehow are saying that those five wins are connected to five yogis? Yes interesting very interesting and not only that but they are also connected to um five negative emotions but also to five wisdoms
1: exactly so there is the structure of the course is very similar as in lady niguma one connie is giving our story time And she's giving the stories of these five yogis that existed and how did they got their powers. So the story time is one of my favorite parts of the course. And then Earl is teaching mapping the inner body, but in a more advanced level. So one of the things he's teaching is how the the different um, the different channels are formed in the womb and how they affect us so yes it's a very deep and very nice course Sara also knows it and she did many of the beautiful charts we are using there
0: thank you thank you very much Teresa definitely sounds very interesting to check out I want to introduce you to Sara. She arrives just now, well, a few minutes ago. But many of you may know her if you are taking the Yoga Sutra. She is one of the hostess, and she's a very, very good singer. And she's also Earl's partner. So she's very involved. <laughs> she, she, she she runs the whole thing in the background. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but very welcome. Thank you for joining Sarah. And she's She's like a very active member in the in Three Jewels in New York community. So it's very great to have friends from all over the place. Uh, Teresa, I think these days you are in Europe, right? hmm I'm in Madrid. Yeah. In, in Spain, she's originally from Argentina. And, and Sara is originally from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she lives in New York. And we, are, we have one more friend that may join very soon. Let's see. Anyways, um, so today, this topic, I I found it very, very interesting. It's about maybe a few years ago, Geshe Michael was, was teaching. I mean, Yoga Studies Institute happened a few years ago. Then it went through a period of like, I don't know, Geshe Michael likes to say it died for a while and then it was resurrected. But I found these beautiful teachings uh, at the knowledge base. I really encourage everybody to, if you have time, if you have the chance to watch the actual classes, they are amazing. And many of these classes happen before even I start studying the Dharma. And for me, it's a great, great pleasure to watch classes like I never watched before because I was not around. So I do encourage everybody, if you have a chance to check it out, you can find that the knowledge base, but this class is called, he he taught during YSI teachings, but the, the old YSI, he taught something called advices for yoga teachers. And he did that in like different events. This one happens to be part three. And it is about, it is about maybe what's, what's, the real, real job of a yoga teacher. Like like as a yoga teacher, I guess, let's talk about this. What will be the difference? And I would like to hear both of your opinion. What's the difference between being a yoga teacher and a real yoga teacher? And, And what are your thoughts about, in general, let's first start with that. Like in general, your thoughts about this session and this subject, what will make us a real yoga teacher maybe now you want to start sara
3: sure um yeah that's a great question juan and again thank you for inviting me here it's really really sweet to uh get to know more communities and to be a part of the yoga Studio, yoga studies Institute uh, production of such beautiful teachings. Um, so I'm happy to be here. What makes a real yoga teacher? Um, you know, I know for me, when I just hear yoga teacher, My mind first goes to someone who's going to tell me where to put my hands, where to put my feet, how to twist and stretch and get a little workout. Uh, That's my first impression of a yoga teacher. And I just want to say that I still think that's very, very good. Having that skill to guide someone's body and take care of it is is a a positive thing. And it's it's important for the well-being of other people and ourselves. Uh, So that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of a yoga teacher. But then getting familiar with what you shared, Juan, of Geshe Michael's teachings on yoga from the first iteration of yoga studies institute and also just from being here and studying these past two weeks with such amazing yogis people who i genuinely see as uh powerful yogis powerful practitioners Um, and that includes Teresa, you get to talk to one of the real yogis today. <laughs> um, I'm seeing there's another level to yoga, which is, includes knowing how to take care of our bodies. But it also involves knowing how to take care of um, other people's minds and bodies, learning how to be kind, and uh, practicing the ideas of um, Ashtanga Yoga, the eight limbs, all of it together. And if we can do that, if we can ourselves practice these ideas, in many ways that makes us a real yogi. And then if on top of that we know how to guide people's bodies through the physical asana uh that's extra extra special yeah so that's what came to mind for me i don't know the real yogi teresa can probably share more too
1: well it it made me i'm happy sarah that you started because the question was a little bit scary at first like whoa (laughs) that's such a big question so you, may, you gave me time to think a little bit more. Thank you. <laughs> so my, my answer would be, what makes a real yoga teacher? I would say, first of all, the student. Um, most of my dear teachers, I love with all my heart, I've met people that told me, what, do you like that teacher? It's. I remember my one of my main asana teachers, not Dharma teachers, that I still love a lot, and he taught me so much. And uh, I met someone that once told me that man has vinegar as breakfast. <laughs> that could resume how he saw my teacher. So I guess we make our teachers. So. That's why um, for me learning from Geisha Michael was, and all this community that we are all learning this system, we are so fortunate because he gave us the clue to create whatever teacher we want. And I try to remember this when I don't like something of another person or another teacher. And there is a great book from Geshe Michael that it's called The Emptiness. I I read it in Spanish, but it would be something like The Emptiness of the Teachers. Mm -hmm. No, The Emptiness of the Magic Teachers or something like that. La Magia de los Maestros Vacíos.
0: Sí, sí, sí. sí.
1: I'm sorry, that's my daughter. And um, actually, well, there he, he teaches that, that we create our teachers. So that would be my like more Darnic uh, answer. But yes, a lot what, of what Sarah said, is so true. Um, I think what Geshe Michael said in these videos is that a good teacher wants to catch what is the dream of their students and help them come true. And that is so beautiful. They are not trying to show off or make their teachers just, their students just have a better body. And uh, they are showing them like a more invisible world, magic world, and um, I had many students that just came and told me, I come to your class because I, I want to have this in in the arms that you have, like the muscles. And they they come from different reasons, but the the thing is how they go out of the class with, what is that you gave them. It doesn't matter why they came. And they are your creation too. And and uh, you have something you, you you have to to deal with this not pride because it's awful to say pride, but to to think that you have something to give them. And uh, what I usually do is I try to embody the teachers I I love because if not, I always think I'm not enough that there is like people like, uh, Many people that know the yoga sutras and recite them and do better yoga poses than me. And you're always thinking, well, but I'm not enough to to teach. But if you embody like, well, let Keshe Michael talk through me or let my my yoga teacher um, teach through me. So that's what I was thinking about.
0: Thank you, thank you, Teresa. And actually, I find it very interesting because, yeah, somehow this particular talk. One of the very first things Geshe Michael says there is, um, he 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 asks the question right. He does the question like, like, what's what's your job as a as a yoga teacher? And then he said like, your job is not really teaching them asanas or exercise. Your real job is to fulfill the dreams of your students. And then he does say, you, you have to become a dream filler or, or a dream fulfiller or something like that. And I find that idea very, very beautiful. Like as a yoga teacher, the real job is to make your students' dreams come true. Now, number one for me, this this immediately breaks my idea my conventional idea of what yoga is because yes i think there is like a general idea everybody if you say hey do you want to go to yoga class i think the very first thing we think is that okay yeah we're gonna do exercise postures asanas but in a way as we have been seeing in this um yoga sutra studies Exercises and asanas are only one of the eight limbs. It's like a small part, even in the yoga sutras, there are how many Earls say that? I, like eight verses, three verses on, on asana. So in a way, there are so many more practices that are technically yoga as well. We are doing yoga every time we do our yamas, our niyamas, Every time, I I think if if with a sense of awareness and consciousness, we take care of our posture, we are doing yoga. The way we walk, the way we breathe, the way we sit down to work in the computer. And then our thoughts as well. How kind are we? How patient are we? How often do we think about the pen? All these things are part of yoga not only the asana. And then Geshe Michael does mention, okay, I guess this is the next question. Let's say our job as yoga teachers will be fulfill our students' dream. And then I'm going to say something interesting. You know, I, I like this thing about the traditional way of debating because in the, during the debate, Every single little word you say or you don't say, it, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And at the, at the end of this thought, Geshe Michael phrases this goal of fulfilling others people's dream in a very interesting way. But I'm going to wait a little bit before I share that with you. <laughs> but, but let's say the question will be, in your opinion, how can we help them? To fulfill our dreams, what comes to your mind? Okay, like okay, you say okay. I'm I'm gonna help people to fulfill their dreams. How do we start? What do you think? How how you how will you help somebody to fulfill their dreams?
1: The the first word that comes to my mind is being very respectful, because not all people want to share their inner you say their inner emotions or dreams with you. And sometimes having someone like very pushy or making a very private question in a not um, not well uh, built relationship yet could do like the opposite. So I think that Geshe Michael um, is talking What I understand is talking when you are having a really uh, already like close relationship between a student and a teacher. Um, So my first advice would be first try to make them happy. Uh, Try to make them be aware of their own body that is beautiful as it is and it's sacred and it's very intelligent and Sometimes it gets hurts because it is telling you something or sometimes it gets with more like fatter because it's telling you something too. So to love their body, respect them, respect the body and um, slowly try to build that relationship where you can you can try to smell what their dreams are and uh, build the environment for them to feel safe to share it with you. Or maybe they, they won't share it, but you can also, I think the more skillful teacher, like as I know, Geshe Michael, uh, he gives you the answer, even if you hadn't, haven't yet made him personally the question. He So that is like, well, but um, I wouldn't advise uh, teachers, well, third, third time a student comes, well, what is your dream? <laughs> yeah. no, not,
3: it doesn't work like that.
0: <laughs> what did you think, Sara? Uh,
3: yeah, it was just agreeing with everything you said, Teresa. Um, I love the idea of creating an environment where you can connect more deeply with your students. Um, and as a student myself, I have really appreciated that. Um, and when I think of how to help students make their dreams come true, a big thing that came to mind for me was teaching them the process of how that works. Uh, finding ways to share the wisdom of seeds and um, ultimate reality, which of the best yoga teachers I've had, they know how to weave that in to what seems at first like a regular asana class. Um, So that's probably what I would add to what Teresa said is to um, share the understanding of how dreams are created in the first place, which uh, has so much to do with unraveling the knots and tension in our body and noticing our thoughts and shifting the way that we think about others, about every part of our world and about ourselves. And in doing those two things, i am sure for me that it has allowed me to create my dreams and so i would want to share the same technology that's helped me with my students
0: beautiful beautiful thank you very much um
3: and also hi to Anjali. i met you two weeks ago or last week it's great to see you
0: yeah yeah let me introduce She's Anjali Bikna. She has been studying many years. She was around when the first Yoga Sutra Yoga Studies Institute (YSI) was around. Maybe, probably, you were at that class and when Geshi Michael taught the advices for yoga teachers. Um, so I'm very glad um, that you're here. Welcome. She's also uh, a very good singer and a very good yoga teacher. So today we have great yoga teachers with us. Um, What's your general take, Anjali, on how to help the students to fulfill their dreams? Like maybe what's the best thing you can do as a yoga teacher to be a good yoga teacher, to help your students to fulfill their dreams?
2: um can you hear me excellent okay yay thank you for inviting me to be a part of this it's so nice to be in this such great company or such lovely uh people and and all that are here attending um thank you for being here and uh i think that this particular question just like brought up this very uh common but um kind of semi-overlooked at times that this particular teaching on bodhicitta that the geshe has taught and um, it's a very unconventional way that bodhicitta is <laughs> shared but it makes so much sense with regards to the practical application and that is you practice these things as a student and then you um, it, it, as you get your own results you become an example and that is really i think the best in my opinion it's just sort of like complementing all that uh has been said here by both sarah and teresa and you Hasso, uh one is that you know we're uh, implementing these things ourselves you know we are actually practicing what we're preaching and working on you know the essence of our own minds and uh and hearts and working on these things so deeply within our own personal practice that we can then uh, step into, you know, uh, being an example of what it is that we're sharing with others. And even if we're not getting perfect results, like I think that there's something about like, when, you know, even if, a quote unquote teacher has some apparent you know failures like you know like they they had a situation where it sort of went sideways and you know oh well you know it's not working or la 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 it doesn't mean we give up we keep going we keep trying we keep stepping into that we keep opening up to compassion and empathy for ourselves and for the path because uh, it's it's un- unfolding in a particular way. And we, you know, we don't want to be the emperor wearing the new clothes thinking we got it all together, you know, but we are practicing uh, the best to our, to the best of our ability. uh, These, the sutras of of yoga Patanjali or um, um, uh, Patanjali and, um, and doing our asana practice and meditating and, you know, and doing the service and kindness towards others. And, So I think like often, you know, we've heard just like taking the teachings and putting them to practice and becoming the example is one of the best ways to uh, really be uh, of support to the student, give faith, give some hope in that way and that they go, oh yeah, I can do that too. And I guess the last thing I'll share about that is that um, a great Lama was asked at one point by a parent, what can I do to get my kids to do what I want them to do? You know, what do I have to say? And the Lama said, just be an example. Just, they do what you do they don't do what you say. So it's better to just be a living example. And I just think that's the same with, you know, like a student teacher relationship is to be, you know, uh, you know, it's not like you're like perfect or role, you know, your role model, but you, you still make mistakes, but you are maybe a little further along and you have some, 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 you know, results from that. So that's kind of what I, I feel about that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> thank okay. you thank you so much thank you for sharing and, and, and actually I find very interesting what um, all of you say I think it connects in one point is this thing about this is my take but also I guess you might say that in the class um, yes the best way to, to help someone or, or to teach them is to be a good example. Otherwise, people don't listen to you. I find this very interesting. I think people only listen to you when they somehow have either appreciation or or admiration for you, something like that. And that's another thing Michael mentions at the beginning. He says, he does mention like admiration based on just because you're famous or you're beautiful or something like that is not very deep. It's not very lasting. It's not really, it doesn't make you ultimately happy. You know, it's like a very hollow, would you say in English thing? But he does mention the way I understood this is like the real admiration comes from friendship or like connection, like deep Deep um like a relationship, a real relationship. When it's something like Teresa was saying, maybe at the very beginning they don't trust you yet to tell you their deepest dream or their biggest problem, right? But I'm sure basically all of us, we have had the the blessing to have great friendships in our lives. And it's like these people that you feel you can tell them whatever. No matter how bad it is, no matter how good it is, you can just tell them and be totally honest about it. And I have found that these kind of relationships, like I really develop deep appreciation for these kind of people. And my heart is somehow open to whatever they have to say. So I think in a way it's true, becoming a good example will somehow allow as well. Well, I think it's two parts. Becoming a good example will allow maybe this part of admiration or credibility, let's say. But also, it's funny because also Geshe Michael mentions, you have to be willing to connect with them. You have to ask them at some point, you have to ask them or, or to one, hey, what's your aim? Because sometimes it happens as well. Like people want to tell you things and you are not interested. And then I'm not saying it's good, but it has happened to me. Like, like people want to talk and you're thinking in other things and you're not not paying attention to them. And I think just paying attention to them and really caring for them, it's a great skill and a great quality of, of a teacher or of of anybody really like a, It's part of having a good heart to, to actually care what do they have to say? What do they need? What's say their their world, their life like? So I think there there it start everything starts connecting. And now Anjali was talking about bodhicitta, and I really love that she brought that up because I would like to take the conversation in that way next. I will add as well. Of course, I think you you have to agree with me. In order to teach somebody something, we have to learn it first. And we have, as again, you have to become a good example because it's like, if a kid comes, hey, can you teach me Tibetan? If I don't know Tibetan, how am I going to teach them, right? Maybe I can help them a little bit. Like maybe do this do that, try meeting this person. But, you know, the general idea is like, How are we going to help others to fulfill their dreams if we haven't learned to fulfill our own dreams? But this idea of bodhicitta plays a very important role here because it's really about the motivation. It's not only about I want to fulfill my own dreams, but why or or what's going to happen once I learn to fulfill my own dreams? Am I just going to be there enjoying like the new apartment Geshila has been using for an example, and my beautiful relationships, physical great health. Yes, that's great. But also, I'm gonna be able to teach others. So, what do you think? Do you okay? Let's 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 take it this way: how can we fulfill our own dreams? What will be the technique? What would you recommend somebody? Let's say a person came to your yoga class and you managed to build this trust, you managed to develop this true care for their own success. Now, what could you tell them to do in order to fulfill their dreams? Maybe now we can start with you, Sarah.
3: Um, What would I tell them? Mm.
0: Okay, Sarah, I want to be rich. I want a new apartment. <laughs> I want a partner. Like, that's my dream. And then.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will share one of the very first lessons I got when I walked into this flavor of teachings. Um, The Three Jewels is a meditation and a yoga studio and they share this particular types of teachings. And um, I, of course, went for all of those reasons. One, like, uh, my job is not so good pay. I'm always single. uh, Never have a good partner, the whole thing. But as Teresa was saying, I... Didn't know anyone, so I'm not just gonna walk in there and be like, "Hey, my life sucks. I'm here for you to make it better for me," you know. Uh, and uh, one of the ways my teachers got me to uh, fulfill my dreams is that they put me to work. They they set me up to do service yeah they said hey why don't you help us uh, set up the room before class and um, I just thought they were so beautiful and so cool I was like oh sure I can lay out some mats Um, and there was already a little bit of a culture in the studio to bring gifts. That sounds weird. It wasn't like gifts, but to bring like, flowers, or bring some snacks for after class. And they tricked me into <coughs> taking care of the other practitioners, the other yogis in the studio. And they said, Hey, if you want to hang out with us, we get together and uh, plan these trips to Nepal and we go and we help the people there. So it's not a very straightforward answer I'm giving you on. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's great, it's great. Yeah, they didn't say, oh, here's what you need to do to get your, to have your dreams come true. But in retrospect, as I look back at what they were really doing, because they're real yoga teachers, (laughs) they were tricking me into taking care of others. Oh, can you still hear me? They were luring me into being kind. like, And that magnet towards bodhicitta taking care of others and uh taking care of the people around me made my heart available to understand the deeper philosophy of yoga um so that's one one way just trick your students
0: (laughs) that's so cool so beautiful thank you Sarah thank you I really like that. And what will be your take, Teresa? How you will, okay, again, you have somebody who already trusts you, is is there, keeps coming to classes, and they're like, Teresa, I have many dreams. What can I do? What will you um, tell them? Or what will be your approach to, okay, let's do this.
1: Well, uh, what first comes to my mind is what I usually do. I trust a lot, me, uh, in myself, my intuition on what I feel that student is needing. Um, And I think we all have this. It's just that we have to be more uh, trusting more our, our, it's not intuition, perhaps it's too big word, but those feelings that you get of, if I would be free of concepts, uh, what would I would answer? And usually there is a lot of knowledge in that first answer that comes to your heart. So for, I would guess that for each uh, student, the answer would be different. There are, for example, there are many of my students that were very Catholic. So I I wouldn't talk to them directly about karma or that this comes from a Buddhist perspective. I think a teacher has always has has to have a very skillful means to to see uh, which is the approach that student needs. So that would be my first answer. Like Sarah said, they were very like skillful with her. And maybe some to some other person that the first time that got inside three jewels they gave her or him a buddhist book and it worked out okay so um i would say that a teacher if you're doing your practice and you are really trying and you have a really pure intention in your heart as a teacher then you have to trust this like voice that Like in the Catherine book, this little uh, girl that hears that voice that talks inside her. I think we all have that and we start losing it as when we become older. So um, yes, and um, usually also uh, share before about me, about my suffering, about my the things that didn't work out for me, uh, usually when, I, I, I think that when one opens, it gives a space to the other one to open uh, too, because uh, they see you as a human and uh, usually the, the people that approach to you with a smile, and they had very, very dark moments. They are the really teachers that they can smile even after Having those trouble, so I guess if we are in this path, we had them. So sharing them and not being shy and not trying to be the perfect teacher with no problems or just doing perfect poses, it it really builds the 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 ambient for 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 knowing what to do de- to say to a student.
0: Thank you, Teresa, and, and thank you so much. There is an idea I really like about different students may need different ways. Like you say, maybe if you have, if you have a, a very Catholic or Christian tradition person, then you adjust how you're going to deliver, and you are sensitive to their needs, to their, to their you know, this thing of their crystal lake, but other people, maybe what they need is a very hard core Buddhist teaching at the very first day with a book on logic or something. And for them, it may work. So I think it's a great also skill of a teacher to pay attention. And I really like what you say. If you have a good motivation, if you have a good heart, if you got a good practice, that may help you to be more accurate, for sure, in, in your lecture of what could benefit them. I really, really like that. Um, There are a few questions in the chat. I think we can use them as well to to move to the next subject. But of course, if you want to say something, Anjali, related to this on on how you will, um, let's say, take your first steps in order to help the student to fulfill their dreams, go ahead. Or if you rather move or both either, you rather to say there is a question that says as a as a yoga teacher how do you know when you have you are teaching successfully when your yoga class was successful I have taught a few yoga classes and it's true many times after the yoga class I wonder like did I do a good class or not and many times it has happened that I Thought it wasn't that good, and then people tell you, "Oh, the class was amazing! Thank you so much." So there is a question in the chat. If if you guys want to address that, is how how to know when you taught a good class, and also you can talk about the first steps you will take on helping students to achieve their dreams.
2: Here you go. Thank you. Yeah, I. I great question it's it's uh i just want to start by saying that um what hasa said about needing to really want to work on ourselves free ourselves um want to improve ourselves is really the the beginning of the journey really you know it's like the before we can get to bodhicitta you know the the wish to liberate ourselves for the sake of others, we have to want to liberate ourselves, you know, and so getting you know, moving with from the, the small vehicle, Hinayana to the big vehicle, Mahayana is a big leap for some people. And so a lot of people come to yoga, just wanting to feel better, they don't come to it, because I want to free everyone else, because it's too overwhelming. It's not, and we have to cultivate that and expand that, uh, idea that, um, that, you know, I am also, I, you are equally, uh, deserving of freedom, but like, how can, and to create a relationship of how can I bridge that gap between me and you, self and other, we just covered this in the yoga sutra class today, uh, with geshe and it was just so beautiful, you know, this idea of, um, you know, what is the clear light? Now, I'm going to get into all that, but I really wanted to share something about this, that meeting someone where they're at, you know, and using our, you know, skill set and intuition and all the things that you shared here, each of us shared here so far, is that, you know, to recognize where somebody is, it's part of you know, in a way, the responsibility of the teacher not to overwhelm them, not to. So this, the skillful means of just like, you know, the, what Sarah's saying, like kind of tricking someone into taking care of someone else, which is the heartbeat of the teachings of the Yoga Sutra. And it's so beautiful. But like, for instance, if somebody comes to you super depressed, the last thing they're thinking about is taking care of somebody else. So there it has to even be more skillful means or someone who is dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder and just trying to get on the page with their nervous system. And I've been there. So I really, you know, part of the reason I came to yoga is because I was depressed and I had a hard time and I needed help, you know, and I found a teacher that slowly brought me along in this small way. And it was based on service. You know, she's like, oh, do this and do this. Just exactly what Sarah said. It's such a beautiful thing. It's a tradition in the yoga tradition to guide a student that way. Um, and working as a therapeutic wellness mentor, where I, I have worked with people in acute stages of you know recovery from addiction, PTSD, depression, all the way up to somebody who's ready to go deeper, you know and everything in between, that is something of what, you know, cultivating ourselves and our own wish to help others will help translate to the purse, the people, and the range of different uh, capacities that we might, we might be meeting up with. And, and, and again, one of the things that I loved that Geshla said today is if you don't know, if you're not sure, if the teacher gets to a point where we just really are not sure how to help someone, then we refer or ask your own mentor for help. And that really, I think, is a part of the humility of being a teacher is that we don't have all the answers. We are also cultivating. And uh, I think that's really important. And there's sort of this thing, last thing is like, well, how do I know I taught a really good yoga class? Well, let's go back to the fact that in your heart, if your motivation is kind and pure and you did your best and you're able to self-reflect on your own personal mistakes, maybe, you know, you know, cued wrong or whatever, you know, uh, that you can, at the end of the day, self-reflect and feel you did the best job that you could. And to really, you know, perhaps have a prayer in your heart that that the seeds are there that there is a benefit that student and teacher will you know that mutual exchange will present a benefit to that student because you know that when it's one class and there's many different experiences of that class and it's not to say that oh i don't take responsibility for your projection i mean yes i can't say that i can have any control over what you experience but I can hold the space uh, to recognize my role and and to self-reflect and to see And oftentimes in my in, in certain cases it's like you can think, well, uh, that person incrementally, will be evolving and changing and having their own experiences of success, which in a way, some of them might be perceivable to the teacher, uh, but some of them it's imperceivable. And you just know that, so the seed was like an unstoppable seed in their heart that's planted and how they are working from the inside of themselves. So that's one thing. Those are my thoughts about about those questions.
0: (laughs) No, thank you so much. Amazing. Amazing. I really, I'm really enjoying this session. So, okay, are, we, sorry, uh, Juan, please, they please. are
1: asking us to talk slower because they are mm-hmm. translating. I okay. Just read
0: that. okay. Let's, let's keep that in mind. Um, simultaneous translators. Thank you.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: And yeah, we'll speak a little slower. So, okay, the, I see we still have like five minutes. Maybe we have just last, one last round for things. I want to also use the time to let you know, everybody, that now these, cha- these episodes or sessions, we record them. We uh, make them available in YouTube. And now also we make them available in Spotify. We have like, a, it's like a, almost like a radio station. You can hear these things and Spotify makes notes reading club. You can find the thing over there just for you to know. Very cool. Okay. So let's do a last round on the questions. So what I can say, I, I'm going to take this one and then I ask you guys for the other one. One, it says to impart, uh, I guess one person is asking if there is like a way to give a, an example on how you will uh, talk about a subject dur- during your asana practice. So what I used to do when I was teaching yoga in Mexico, is like maybe choosing one theme as, as you write there, like, let's say like, okay, like, I don't know, maybe at the beginning of the class or maybe also during a certain posture, I would like, I, I usually like people to have also quiet moments during the yoga asana practice. Sometimes I just like explain like a certain thing, like, okay, we're going to do sun salutation, follow me the first one or two rounds and then keep going at your own pace. And then I lead the person do their own thing for a little bit. I find it useful because I think it's a chance to go deeper in what's going on with you. How are you breathing? How are you moving? How are you feeling? etc and maybe during those times when they don't need um that much of an instruction i can talk about one subject if today's class we're gonna dedicate that we're gonna think about the llamas or if that's too big maybe like about one very specific one right or you can say like i don't know today we're gonna talk about uh this concept of being satisfied with what we have or being grateful and then over and over, you can, you can bring the, this idea back to, to the class. I also really like to talk about when they are doing Shavasana, I really like doing a coffee meditation. It's a great time to feel happy about the good things you're doing for other people. Um, And yeah, finding small moments, gaps, when you can talk about things. Ideally, it would be great if you can talk about how seeds create a reality. But I think it's very important also to teach basically about the pen. Because otherwise, if you only teach about seeds, I think you are not really talking about why does this thing about seeds actually work. So you have to somehow prove things are empty first. And then that, that's why seats work. So I think it's very important. I will say as a teacher, learn the pen and learn the four steps. Very, very important tools in order to help the students.
3: Yeah.
0: And maybe for you, Teresa and Angeli. I don't know what happened with Sarah. Maybe the internet failed or something or she had to go, who knows. But uh, last thing, maybe somebody's asking here in the chat, uh, they say they want to be a yoga teacher. Let's say they want to be a yoga teacher, but they notice that there are so many yoga teachers and many ways, many different traditions and lineages of yoga. Um, I guess the way that I will interpret this question is why does What makes YSI better than other traditions? I don't know if better, but what makes it special? Why is the signature that as a YSI teacher, we're always going to try to incorporate in our teachers? And yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Why, Why will someone, why will any studio will actually want to have a YSI teacher? What's your take on that? Mm, Teresa
1: okay I would I wouldn't say a YSI teacher I think the first question was the more general that you see a lot of yoga teachers and perhaps that uh, um, you lose confidence that you will achieve your goals because there are so many teachers. Um, but I would I would say do not think uh, that because there are many teachers, uh, because that kind of thinking is like thinking of me and you separate the other yoga teachers and me, and also more like thinking they are my competitors. So I would just from the this first thought take that root out and make a new. A way of thinking about there are so many yoga teachers because it has like some kind of tricky mistaken view that if if there are so many teachers I won't get students and uh, that that is is not correct so what I usually did is my... I knew in my heart that yoga was so, so good for me that I wanted students to, if they came, came just for one class, go out of my class knowing that there is a kind or a type of yoga that will they will like. So let's say I get a new student. I would tell them, okay, if you don't come back, if you don't like my class, It's totally okay. This is like food. There are so many tastes. You don't like Mexican food, but you might like Italian. So please do not get into your car and tell, well, yoga, it's not for me. Just go to another teacher. Go as many teachers as you have to go until you find the one that is good for you. And uh, in that way of thinking, there is such a a joy in knowing there are so many teachers instead of thinking there, I won't get my students because there are so many. So that was what I would advise to switch the mind.
0: Thank you, Teresa. I just got a cookie from a very... Nice gentleman. Uh, I, I do agree. And Geshe-Michael also taught teachers that, right? Like, like uh, uh, teachers are like pants, you say. So different teachers will feed different students. And the only thing that I don't understand is how can someone not make like, Mexican food? That will be very <laughs> weird. <laughs> i <laughs> just joking.
1: It's the only thing that it's not empty. <laughs> yeah,
0: it'll be difficult to find. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much. And somebody was asking about the Spotify. I'm just going to share the screen so you can see how to look at it. But I would like to also hear from you, Angeli, and from Sara about this question on... Uh, well, I guess the way that I interpreted it is like, what, what makes a YSI teacher special and i i guess i will take it to this thing that you guys were having with the navanga thing but Mm -hmm. what what do you think what do you think or you can also take the approach that teresa took about focusing on why do you see so many other yoga tradition and yoga teachers and that'll be great too i mean that can be good thing and in the meantime i share the spotify so what do you think now anjali
2: Yay. Well uh-oh. You have to mute yourself, I think.
0: I have to mute myself.
2: Yeah, cuz it's cuz we're in the same room. <laughs> um yeah, so this uh in uh, very dear to my heart this subject because I think in the first yoga sutra when we we first uh kind of resurrected uh, YSI from uh its dormant state and uh, started meeting during uh, the pandemic to put together the first course for this beautiful course of study of the Yoga Sutra. Um, I did a, a, a trilogy presentation on Ishvara Pranidhana Advad, which one of the sections related to this very subject, and it's really like the, the you know the quality of the teacher the power of the teacher to help the student has a lot to do with what your what qualities you're looking for in a teacher and where you are at in your personal evolution to uh, evolve on your yogic path so you start with probably most of us has started with asana we just said okay i want to start with asana and right now there's like a gazillion wonderfully qualified asana teachers and it's fantastic and I think that you know it's all valid you know the the, all of the people who have trained in different traditions in different styles in different schools have learned asana and a, a lot of things about the practices the kriya yoga practices so well that you really can find a qualified teacher but again, teachers fit you like a glove. So I love what Teresa said and said, you know, if you're, I'm not your teacher. I'm not going to take it personally. <laughs> you know, like go find your your perfect teacher that fits you like a glove. Um, and then there's another type of teacher where you you know you not just want to learn the asanas, but you want to learn a little bit more about how to be. Uh, evolve yourself as a person, involve on the spiritual path. And that's a whole different level of teacher which relates to learning the meaning of yoga, not just the mechanics of it, but the deep meaning of yoga. and I think that's what really establishes YSI apart from others. Now not saying others other traditions and other teachers are not teaching uh, specific, uh, things to help you evolve your yoga practice and your your own personal development, but the unique uh, uh, angle uh, I believe of Yoga Studies Institute or such really particular translations that are incredibly of the ancient classics that were you know created by these ancient masters through and through a lineage that is long and it is unbroken and it is pure and it's being translated so well and, and, and taught so well that we can understand it and practically apply it in our daily practice. This has an incredible power to accelerate the evolution of the student. And I, I know from personal experience that without that, I would have never uh, taken the leaps and bounds in my own personal evolution had I not learned the deep meaning of yoga in this authentic way in such a very uh, short period of time, you know, and still have so much to learn. But that would be my kind of angle in, in answering this question about what makes YSI uh, a distinguished. Uh, uh, presentation of these teachings uh, both in the asana and the deeper meaning you know the kriya yogas and the physical practices and then the deeper meaning you know and and what it propels us to do in terms of service and like cultivating through understanding the meaning of yoga so yeah thank you
0: thank you very much so we are actually seven minutes over if anybody needs to leave Please feel free to leave. Don't let me take your time, please. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you said I want to add or close with anything regarding this.
3: I am in 100% agreement with what was already said. Yeah,
2: so perfect. beautiful. Yeah,
0: perfect. Thank you so much for for being here. Thank you, Teresa, for coming <laughs> all the way from Europe. Thank you, Angeli, for coming all the way from Sedona and Sara from New York. Thank you for coming. It, it has been a very, very, really great two weeks of a program. I'm glad you all, the attendees, also uh, got to come. If you want to support these kind of programs, please consider donating for Diamond Color Classics. What they do is like they really translate the material. And with that knowledge, with that content, Many more programs, like YSI programs or ACA programs, and more programs can be shared with us. So, if you do want to support this noble cause, I'm gonna leave a link in the chat. If you ever happen to have like a couple extra thousand dollars or something, you don't know what to do. This is a great cause, <laughs> and many people will get benefits from it. And now, whatever you can, even one dollar is great. Five, whatever, ten. Whatever you can, it's very, very appreciated. And we all help as a community to, to keep this wisdom alive. So thank you so much. We'll see sometime soon. Remember today at 5 p.m. for those of you who are doing the YSI uh, program, Errol is going to be taking us through a review on chapter three of the Yoga Sutra. So 5 p.m. Arizona time. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Have, Have a great, long. great day.
3: Thanks, everyone.
0: bye See you later.